Catch Up Mondays with Nancy podcast. Get inspired. Break through to new dimensions with your entrepreneurial peers on the journey of self-leadership, mastery, and life success. Redefine how you lead as you redesign your business. I call this dual innovation leadership. You can take charge of who you next become. Feel more deeply to think, act, lead, and mentor more clearly and effectively. Discover something new from our meaningful conversation today. Welcome to We Mentor Mondays with Nancy. Today is a guest mentor conversation with Skip Thaller. It's our fifth conversation. Hey, Skip, how are you? I'm great, Nancy. How about you? (laughs) I'm so excited to talk with you and to kind of delve in this topic. I've been reflecting on change and all the changes that you've been going through over your entire lifetime and how we address change. Do we feel and respond differently if the change is initiated by us uh, versus the change forced on us? How do you feel about the decisions that that you made in 2020 and where you're at today? I feel very relieved and uh, basically blessed and lucky. You know, one, one thing I've learned in this whole process of life is that we never do quit learning. My wife said to me the other day, because she had, we're, her and I were talking about this podcast coming up, and she said, because I told her the subject matter and topics, and she says, we always have to be prepared to pivot. And I don't think there's probably a better word that it fits what we did here in uh, 2020, 2021. Yeah, wow. And, and mm-hmm. the, interesting, the interesting part was, which I thought would be the most difficult, uh, was the selling of the properties was the easy part. The difficult part was I had to learn a whole new type of investment. And uh, it really surprised me that I was able to pick it up in a very short order because what I did is as I got out of the uh, apartment buildings, I invested into what they call Delaware statutory trusts or private REITs. I did not know much about them, uh, but I learned in a hurry because in order to uh, facilitate the sale I had to when I sold a property you know a building I would then take that those funds and either pay taxes on them or go into another investment and most of them I ended up going into another investment so I started investigating in the tax-free states uh, one thing I learned is hands-off investing once you go into it you're in it and then somebody else makes the decision uh, we diversified geographically where we were not only in one state, but we were in one area of Minneapolis and St. Paul. We went into 20 different states with different, what we call fractional ownership of different types of businesses. We diversified into self-storage warehouses like Amazon, Lowe's, or the name Gaff, Shingles. They're a big shingle manufacturer. Uh, they have a warehouse out in Indiana. We invested in that. Whole Foods, which is part of the central retail tractor supply, which you see out in the you know out in the country and CVSs and so on. But they were all primarily in tax-free states, uh, you know, for obvious reasons. And what I experienced in this change was is reduced stress. Okay. Because, <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not getting calls that uh, you know somebody just uh, broke into a building or we had somebody vacate the building and they left it in a mess. Because what happens there's just a lot of unknowns when you're running when you're running uh, apartment buildings that change on a day to day basis. You have to replace boilers. You have to replace windows. You got to re- renovate apartments, replace roofs. You know, etc. 
And all that required analyzing financial statements, first of all, making sure you got the cash to pay for it, and fighting City Hall to get the permits and so on to uh, replace it. What happened was, is basically we replaced, uh, and, you know, very active participation in the business, even though I had a management company running them, I still had to make decisions and allocate funds from a very active environment to a passive environment, which the uh, private REITs or DSTs uh, facilitated. I guess, uh, you know, I, I didn't think this thing through a lot very much, but it, it sure did uh, turn out to be appropriate for this time in my life. As I've gotten older, I don't like stress. I don't want to deal with it. And uh, as a result, things work out pretty pretty well for me, unbeknownst to a game plan with a 24-month, you know, uh, or say a 12-month to 24-month plan to get out. I just kind of did things by gut reaction. So uh, it yeah. worked out well. Yeah, you landed on your feet. <laughs> yeah, so far. <laughs> right, right. Well, what are you looking forward to in January and February and March of this year? Being in Florida, I'm looking forward to the warmth and sunshine, for sure. Yeah. And usually with, with good weather comes good health. Um, I've, you know, I just have less prone to getting uh, colds and so on. And time with the family and friends, which is probably the most important part of it, especially the family part. Um, but... Winter in Florida and summer at our cottage in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin, couldn't be a better prescription for retirement, uh, in my opinion. I, we just, we were just so blessed to have all of it. And uh, we're also starting a, a very aggressive campaign of starting to try and give back to the community uh, that has been so generous to us. We set up a foundation through the local uh, it's called Chippewa Community Foundation in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. Oh. We're going to start to uh, be a lot more aggressive than we have in the past. You know, Jill, Jill and I have, we, we never have taken any of this stuff for granted, never have felt uh, entitled in any way because we know it can be taken away in a moment. But we've been very fortunate, we've been very lucky, and we've been very blessed. And, you know, giving back will be our way of saying thank you to everybody for all they did to help us get there. So we're oh. lucky. That's beautiful. As you reflect on, you know, now that you're uh, getting a little bit, there hasn't been, it hasn't been that long since you sold um, these 25 uh, apartment complexes. And because you talked about you had to do it kind of suddenly switching mindsets from building to selling. I hear that you and Jill feel like, you know, you landed on your feet. This was a good decision, even though it wasn't like planned out for, you know, a couple of years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it seems to me that during hard times, entrepreneurs can really flourish through reinvention. We make lemonade out of lemons, and you certainly did, and now you're giving back a lot. So as you're reflecting during that time and your decision to sell these properties and move to Florida, do you feel entrepreneurial leadership is about initiating change as a direct response to external circumstances that are beyond our control? Or did you begin your most recent change because the opportunity and timing were right to, to were right to kind of change your vision and lifestyle, or did you change because of both reasons? You were responding to circumstances beyond your control, which allowed you to reevaluate your life and business. So you changed how you were leading and living based on a confluence of external events that collided to create an opening or a needed wake up call to change your life. 
Probably all of the above. <laughs> the simple answer. And I never, I never really, you know, the thing was is uh, apartments are immaterial or material objects that we sometimes, you know, you say, well, you fell in love with the building or something. Well, and I don't think we really need love. We really like it a lot, okay? Because there can be, there could not be that emotion. I mean, there's emotion, but get me wrong because. You do put your heart and soul into it, but it's different than a human relation, you know, a human relation. Yeah. But I never felt it was a collapse. I was, I always looked on these things as unsolved opportunities that opened my eyes to another opportunity. Oh, you know, interesting. It's yeah. Of, and it's a cliche that says one door closed, another opens. Okay. Yeah. And there, there had to be a problem for us to recognize or for me to recognize that I had to make a change. I probably would have continued going on what I did, continued to invest in thinking that that was the best thing for me. And really what I was doing was creating more stress in my life. Uh, unbeknownst to me at the time, because I thought that, you know, just continuing to accumulate was the right thing. Oh, I see. But, you know, with, with COVID uh, coming along, government shutting down businesses, riots, government not protecting property rights uh, really opened my eyes. Uh, you know, I, at the same time, you know, like I say, is the emotion part of selling the properties was not as emotional as I thought because early on I had a friend tell me once, I always remember this, he says, we are only temporary stewards of the properties during our lifetime. Mm. We do not own these, we are just taking care of them during our lifetime. And this probably helped me put things in perspective more than anything and really took the emotion out of it for me. So that was a big help. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it changed your perspective then. So you yeah, could you could exactly. deal with it differently, you know, instead yeah. of being overwhelmed by it. Yeah, and, and feeling bad for myself because I've done all these things. You know, I put my heart and soul into it, but at the same time, you know, I did what I did, and that's then, and now is now, and you got to, you know, make changes to accommodate them. Yeah, and also uh, making sure that you're addressing the emotional side of these things. Like, right. even though, like you were separating out, right? Like, even though right. these buildings weren't people, you invested your heart and soul into making sure that these apartments were places that people love to live. Right, exactly. And knowing that you're also passing this on to people that you trust will, will um, you know, keep the the buildings up to date and in good shape. So there's... You know, and even if they don't, that's, there's nothing I can do about it. I did the best I can and that's all you can do. Yeah, right. So letting go of what you have no control over. It's very, very important. Describe how you prepared yourself and others for the changes that you and Jill decided to make to move to Florida and sell off the properties. What were the discussions you and Jill had? Well, first of all, I didn't pause. I stopped. I didn't reflect because I didn't have time to. <laughs> yeah, but, so you're uh, reflecting uh, now. Seriously, I mean, <laughs> we, did, we did it in a very short, uh, short window because I figured the first person that was going to start selling buildings was going to be I was concerned about a lot of people trying to sell because of all the things that were happening and a lot of people were either frozen or decided to see through it and you know that based a lot of that's based on your on your age but anyway Jill and I really we when we looked at our options we thought we needed to make a change because the direction 
you know, things were going and was not a good one in our opinion. You know, again, going to the COVID, shutting down businesses. Yeah, and you were right, yeah. Moratorium on evictions, you couldn't evict anybody that didn't pay their rent. For whatever reason, it didn't make any difference. And then the the thing that really, uh, I guess, was the the state government attitude towards business in general, I just didn't feel good. And rent control was going to go on the agenda. It all moved, you know, moved our decision, helped make our decision quickly. And there's a saying is you think with your head, you feel with your heart, you react to your gut. My gut was right. Plus, I was, I was, I never told anybody this, but I was scared. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't. I didn't want my family to know that, uh, so I kept it to myself. You know, I got through it. But I, I was. I didn't know. You know, when when you saw what was going on on TV with businesses burning and so on, and police security had gone away, and rioters were burning down police precincts and burning businesses, and there was no consequences. So. Uh, you know, it, it, that really is what spurred the, spurred us on. And then when we reflected and we went back to uh, looking at why do we live in Minnesota? Well, it's basically family and friends and owning buildings. Well, the buildings were going to disappear. And we still had, you know, state income taxes at 10%. Uh, we were facing rent control of the 3%, like I mentioned before, in St. Paul. Expenses were increasing astronomically anything from five to 30 percent per line item that meaning uh, maintenance is going up you know everything associated as, as you know just go to the grocery store or a restaurant yeah right you know, what, what's happened with prices so it didn't take a rocket scientist at that time to figure out that it was not good yeah <laughs> and it's interesting because in this when i thought this thing through a little more I reflected back to when we were in our late 20s, which was over 50 years prior to realizing that we had been in a similar or different situation at that time. Uh, We left the security of IBM, which a great company at the time. I had, you know, was making uh, good money for what I was doing and at my age. To start a business I had no no idea about. I'd never been in a business. Jill quit her job. We had our first son, and the entire business I was starting was directly impacted by the oil embargo because Sunday driving was prohibited unless it was that you know it was absolutely necessary. And uh, all these things happened within a two-week period of time. Mm-hmm. Okay, that we made all these decisions. It's very similar to say fast forward to the situation that we were in. Uh, then different but similar that we had to, I felt, make the decision because if we would have waited on the property, you know, selling the properties, it may never happen. You don't know, you know. Yeah. And, uh, so anyway, um, reacted to our gut. Then we reacted to our gut now, and we got lucky on both cases. So. I'm surprised you didn't share your fear. Did not what? You didn't share, you know, that you were afraid. With your close family? I didn't want them to feel uncomfortable, okay? Uh, you know, especially Jill. She she figured she she figured I knew what I was doing, okay? Okay, she trusted your judgment. <laughs> she trusted my judgment. And, uh, you know, my judgment hasn't always, obviously, hasn't been always correct, but been right more than wrong. So I'm 51% and you're, you're still a winner. But, uh, 
Yeah, I it, it didn't see any reason to let her have to be concerned. And things were happening so fast. Think about this once. I sold, I had 50 closings, 50 real estate closings oh. in nine months. In nine months. That's 36, 37 weeks. That's one every five, five and a half days. None of them were done in person. They were all done remotely through Zoom. I had to have documents uh, oh notarized, so I go, I go to ban- I go to different banks. I was in with Wisconsin when this was going on. I'm trying to get all my you know papers together and everything because it's it's just there's a lot of work to do when you paperwork to do. Yeah. But it, it was happening so fast, I didn't have time to think. And then was, when it was all over, I had an aha moment. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just, it, it was a, a very gratifying feeling. I wouldn't want to do it again. I mean, it, yeah. I, I, well, I don't, think, I don't think I could. So you had 25 properties. How come there were 50 closings? Well, because the property, each property could initiate one, two, or three proper DSTs on the other side. In other words... The real estate closing to sell the property was one transaction. Then I bought properties was another transaction. So I took the money from that we had earned or the equity we had in those properties and put it into these DSTs. Oh, I get it. Okay, yeah. Okay. So reinvesting was the other yeah, part so of this. That, yeah. And, and, that, and that was a hard part of it because I didn't know. I mean, it's, you know, how do you evaluate an Amazon warehouse in Macon, Georgia? <laughs> or Lowe's, uh, Lowe's, Lowe's right. distribution center in Indiana. Right, uh, right. <laughs> I did. I mean, I, I fortunately everything's worked out so far. I'm sure we'll have some hiccups along the way because there always are some, especially the more you have. But right now, uh, couldn't be happier. Yeah. And luck and luckier. <laughs> right. So. Right. Yeah. Because of of the the method of how you made decisions, it seems like. Um, because you've made so many decisions over your life um, and you've had so much practice that making change is not something you're afraid of. You may feel uh, afraid at the time of, you know, oh my God, I got to make this change, but you seem to like do it. <laughs> yeah, I, well, that's, that's, you know, a lot of people told me after all this happened, my friends that were in the business say, Skip, you were so smart in what you did. I said, no. I wasn't smart. I was scared. Okay. Well, because you knew you knew you needed to do something like immediately, like you, yeah, you know, I it's not, I, yeah. I did not. I did not hesitate. Let's put it that way. I moved immediately. Yeah, because okay. you could see the writing on the wall, right? You're in the numbers. Yeah. You know what's going right. on. You're like, yeah. okay, there's no win situation here. No, exactly. And and you you see trends, and if you you know you've seen as much as I have, you know. You you got a, a pretty good gut feel of what's gonna coming down the line, and you know this may correct itself someday in the future, but it's not going to be in my lifetime because I'm no spring chicken anymore. So uh, best to do what was best for me. Yeah, absolutely. So what else would you like to let other entrepreneurial leaders and small business owners know about how they influence others to take financial risks and how they take and how you know they take risks themselves. Um, like you, I'm, I'm glad you shared, you know, the sheer terror of, of the position that you were in. Yeah, well, and then you got to think also the thing that led to a lot of this was we were isolated during COVID. We couldn't go out. You know, I mean, we could go out, but, you know, it was 
Yeah, so socially we were, yeah. Yeah, so you, you, you had that going on too, which I, I'm not sure, maybe it even worked to my advantage because I didn't have time to, uh, you know, I was, there were so many things happening. I just, I needed relief and that was one way to get it was, you know, shedding, shedding those properties. But uh, getting back to your question, you just mentioned, uh, you know, helping other people in entrepreneurial, uh, you know, situations similar to this. I guess you you try to, especially when you have people around you, you lead, I try to lead by example. If I yeah. ask somebody to do something, then I better do it myself, not be a hypocrite, okay? Yeah. Uh, and there's this, there's an old saying is nothing ventured, nothing gained. So if you don't go out and try it, you're never gonna do anything. You get, a net, you know, you get paralyzed and then nothing happens, you know? And uh, that's, that's worse than at least, trying something and having it fail than doing, you know, you're better to do that than do nothing at all. So, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and, you know, you're going to have successes and you will have failures. The key is, in my case, was I, I've been able to learn, I think, most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time from my failures. And I just keep pushing forward. And, uh, but right now I'm in a holding pattern. <laughs> I just don't, you know, I, I don't have to manage things. I, and, and basically it's, it, it's like, it works to more like a machine now. And, uh, this is best for me at this stage. Yeah. Well, that sounds fantastic. And you probably have, uh, like more people <laughs> visiting you during the winter season. Are there, um, new traditions that you and Jill are starting up this year? We haven't had time to really think it all through, but I, uh, one of the things um, we're, we're blessed with now, we can kind of finally enjoy some of the fruits of our efforts because for me, working 80 hours a week was pretty much the norm. And I've always saved and always been, I guess you call it a penny pincher. So I've never really done anything and I don't ever plan on doing anything that's extravagant, but we are taking more trips. We're going to places we want and, and going and I never I never rode first class on an airplane probably more than five times until a couple of years ago. And I still I still look at the price of what the ticket is and it won't make it will not go first class if it's not what I think is reasonable. But we're doing more things like that and doing things that, you know, and we look when we're going out to eat we don't look as much at the price of the menu as we did before okay yeah so uh, we just we feel we're blessed to have these choices and and uh, also we plan on probably i guess one thing we want to do is have our grandchildren down here a lot more down in florida as much as possible so that will be one of the i mean would they come down but we're going to try and get them down here more so that'd be one of the big changes we'd have oh yeah mm-hmm Nice. We just closed out another year. What's your favorite kind of end of year business activity that helps you prepare for a new year? Well, in the past, it's been tax planning for the, for the year we're in and the year that we're going into. But mm. uh, as I mentioned before, we're, we are more philanthropic, helping other people in need, you know, that uh, spending more time with family when possible and appreciating and enjoying really all the fruits of our efforts uh, through our good fortune, being uh, grateful for what we have. So that's, that's it in a nutshell. That's wonderful. Sounds beautiful. And um, congratulations for making these huge decisions under crisis. Um, and you landed on your feet and everybody 
around you seem to, you know, there's one last thing I didn't talk about was, you know, regarding how did all the people that were working with you respond to the change that you were selling off the properties? Because they must have been totally shocked too. Well, you know, it, it happened gradually over nine months. So the shock, if I would have said, I'm going to sell all my properties, I think it would have been a shock, okay? But I didn't do that because I didn't plan on selling them all from the beginning. So my the one that was probably impacted the most was my property management, Climate Realty. And I, I cannot say enough great things about uh, Mark Josart, the owner of the business, and Mike uh, Kakuska, who was my property manager, just they're both I consider to be good friends. And that was very, that was something I, that really was hard for me to come to grips with was the fact that they helped me build this and they managed it for me. And they were a big part of my success uh, because they did such a great job of managing it. Mm. And uh, so that was, you know, that part of it was, was very difficult and then I had a, a gentleman by the name of Marco that took care of all the landscaping and I mean the guy was just unbelievable and uh, he was it wasn't his full-time job he would work you know on the side for me and uh, but it, I if I worked 20 hours a week during the summer good and bad happened was he was he ended up going back to Mexico so that solved that problem but uh, I lost what I considered a dear friend there but one one good thing I was able to do is introduce them to a good friend of mine who was in the business Ed Connolly uh, who bought one of the buildings and had buildings next to mine is probably the best steward of property in St. Paul of anybody okay he had took the property that I had sold to him and he ended up using Kleinman to manage it and most recently I've talked I talked to him every couple of weeks we just talk about different things and he's turned his whole portfolio over to them to manage it so basically that vacuum got filled up with a better you know I mean I, I always thought I was really good at fixing properties and maintaining them and so on but it was a step above and uh, so they they got a very good uh, customer to manage his buildings for so oh nice yeah. Yeah. So some of these relationships, I think you're probably still. Yeah, I, I talk to these people. I talk to, I talk to people all the time that are in the business. And, and another interesting thing we didn't we didn't talk about, but I was able to give back, and I didn't even think about this, but I, I would say that I was probably well. First of all, I was the first one really to start liquidating real estate. That precipitated going into these Delaware Statutory Trust, DSTs as I call them, or private REITs. So I got educated in it. And so the brokers that I dealt with, that I bought these from, and the real estate agent uh, that knew that I sold the properties, knew I went into these, had other people that were selling one or two buildings and wanted to know what to do with the money. So they gave them my name to call. I probably talked to Nancy conservatively 20 to 25 people mm -hmm. in the last year and helped hopefully uh, them understand DSTs because if you're, unless you're doing a lot of them, you know, it's like anything, if you do it one off or two off, you, you don't have the time nor do you, you know, can you learn from your experience yeah. what it all is involved. So. I became a sounding board for all these different people and I've met, actually I met a guy down here in uh, Florida that was staying half a mile from us 
we've gotten to be friends, golf together and so on. And all these things happen for a purpose and they've all been good. So Yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. Well, you work a lot at doing the right thing. You try to, that's for sure. Yeah. You don't always do it, but you, you try to, and that's all you can do. Yeah. Well, the payoff is great. Yes. Well, this has been, you know, our fifth conversation, just a, a delight. I am really happy as, you know, can be for you and the direction that things are going for you and your family. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So thanks for tuning in to hear Skip's wisdom as he was kind of uh, looking at uh, a change. Um, when it's forced upon us, he makes lemonade out of lemons. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, I like lemonade, too. <laughs> I encourage all of you to do the same. All right, so thanks for tuning in, and thanks. I'll look forward to our next connection. All right, take care. If you want to expand your leadership skills and become more resilient and competent as a business owner, do you want to bring more meaning to your relationships and more purpose to your business? Are you ready to take charge of how you innovate, create, and run your business? Our dual innovation leadership process will help you redefine how you lead as you redesign your business. We collaborate with you to do what will work for you as you evolve and change. We start with where you are, whether you are turning around a financial crisis, growing to the next level, or somewhere in between. We address your immediate needs, shore up business development gaps, expand relational literacy, and build upon your entrepreneurial leadership skill sets with the short-term results orientation and a long-term perspective. Start by subscribing to this podcast at WeMentor.com or anywhere you listen to your podcasts. If you are ready to hire a mentor, contact me at Nancy at WeMentor.com. When we mentor, you create better life and a more fulfilling future as an entrepreneurial leader slash innovator as a competent business owner slash practitioner as a mentor slash role model and as a human being courageously living a meaningful life as gandhi said be the change you wish to see in the world get involved today it's never too late to change your life and how you lead